This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 539 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, April 15th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason and Jason Collette. Justin, what's going on? Um, I'm I'm ready to take you down. It's, oh, jeez. Oh, I'm just coming nah. out swinging. Just, nah, 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 nah. It's, nah, nah, it's, it's, it's going to be ugly. It is for you. It's going to be disappointing. It's going to probably ruin your marriage, so that's unfortunate because... That was already considering. Wrote. Did I make a bad decision? <laughs> she gonna be like calling me up and whatnot, and it's gonna it, it's gonna be bad for you. I understand that. Jason, happy Jackie Robinson Day. How you doing? I'm doing well. I have finally wrapped up draft season. I had my final uh, draft yesterday. It's AL only, eleven team league, local, and we it's it's old school in that you have to draft a week after the season starts. Yeah, but and, because yeah. of spring breaks uh, around here, it messed up that. So we now drafted yesterday. How much did these first, uh, you know, two weeks plus in influence it? You know, I, I think in the end, of, at the end of the day, it balances out. So I would say, like Jonathan's scope went for twelve dollars because his bid came out shortly after we found out he's going to hit the disabled list with an oblique yep. injury, right? And we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, a month ago, he probably goes twenty something. And what uh, about there were a like Donald? Also, also a DL guy. We'll talk about shortly here. I'm sorry. Did Donaldson go at a cheaper price? He did. He went $22, $23. I mean, that's normally and, – and, and this is a keeper league, guys, but this was 20% inflation coming in. Uh, and, then, and so he went cheap. Uh, but, like, Cole Hamels went $16 because he's off to a good start. Well, uh, there's a new closer that you – the reason I asked was because you talked about a new a new closer, a completely unexpected closer who uh, who went for a – Big price in yeah, Keenan Middleton went twenty three dollars. Uh, and Ooh. understand going into this going into this draft, Roberto Osuna, Alex Colome, and Fernando Rodney were the only full time closers that were available, right? And only one of those is really worth pursuing at the moment. The other have have their inherent risk. There are a couple of guys in this league who do like making sure closers go for the old day prices and they will pay it. And so one of the things I've learned in this league is I don't have to have two full-time closers to to do well in saves. Last year, I had a total of 35 saves, and that was good enough for me to finish tied for fifth because there's one or two guys that are always at the top, and yep. there's another team, and they don't trade either. That's the other thing. They, they hold this, so they harvest it, and I, I don't get it myself, but whatever, everybody has it to each their own, right? Then there's that second tier, but then tier three, if you can get one closer – 
you're, you're pretty good. It's just a matter of, and, and we were all packed between 37 and 30 saves last year. So there was a lot of movement in that category. So I left the draft. I walked in with it with Brad Brock and Nate Jones protected. And then I rostered Jose Alvarado because Alex Colomay looks like dead man walking these oh, days. Man. And plus he's going to get so traded bad. at some point. So what, I, uh, I ended up with a $2 for... Alvarado was my last buy of the auction. That's the worst part for the Rays is that he's like tanking his draft value by pitching terribly. And obviously, he should have traded off season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's time for him to turn it around, but so far, so terrible. So yeah, that's interesting. And I know a lot of leagues, as you mentioned, that that's like the official roto rule. Like if you're following the 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 rules to a T, then you're not supposed to draft until week in when the rosters are set to avoid some of that sketchiness of of drafting uncertainty. Now. You know, depending who you are, some people like that uncertainty and like, you know, love our draft, Jason, our labor mix that's on, you know, close to Valentine's Day every year that has all sorts of volatility just to see how, you know, that market plays out. And so I love that. I honestly I love drafting early because it it gives you it gives you credit for doing your homework. Like if you went through and dug into something and say, you know what, I think this guy's going to be good this year. Yeah, Jake Jake Junis. I got him four dollars at AL Tout Wars. He went fourteen yesterday yeah, because he got up to the good start. Then he got shelled yesterday. But uh, that I love. I love being rewarded for your research, not because of hey, now the rosters are settled. No, I think part of the fun in it. I like the early drafting just because you're you're speculating on what may happen on top of speculating and projecting the statistics. Here now, all that stuff's settled, and you only got to focus on one part of the equation. Yep. No, I, I, I completely agree. It's a lot of fun. Um, that's kind of why I like having drafts throughout the entire draft season, starting with the one that I always do at the Arizona Fall League in November, get kind of a, a first a first set of uh, of draft data there and see, see where we're at with everything. You know, I wasn't fully zoned in on the Jake Junis start, so uh, someone could correct me if I'm wrong there. But from what I was seeing, it really was one of those um, – Either or situations where he was he was crushing the batter or or home run because he gave up three homers and and he really you know he got seven Ks he had a big swinging strike day for 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 him Junis uh, you know hasn't been getting a ton of Ks so he pops out seven Ks in four and two thirds but also gives up four runs on seven hits with three homers so it was one of those you know his misses were absolutely punished. But a lot of the stuff that he did around it was pretty good. The weather was crazy. The, the snow was swirling. We've had cancellations like crazy because of wind and snow across the country. I know that you said you're about to be getting it later today, Jason. Um, Justin, I know you're over there in California. Are you getting any inclement weather? No, it's beautiful. It's actually at Shut 9 up. o'clock in the morning. Anyway. It's about 65 degrees and sunny. I think it's going to get up to about mid-70s today. Yeah, it should be nice. Nobody likes a braggart <laughs> justin <laughs> i can't even cop some good weather here and i'm not having it because we we keep getting tricked we keep getting tricked every time it gets really nice i'm like yes finally okay let's put oh <laughs> can't tell you how many times now i think it's three times i put up the space heater thinking okay well, i'm done with it it's done we're good and then i gotta bring it back out and it's it's frustrating it's annoying um but yeah, that 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 weather has been impacting games left and right. We'll see what it does for Shohei Otani today. It's supposed to be thirty degrees there. Like I said, there's games around the Midwest that have already been canceled. We'll see if he even pitches. Guys, we're gonna get into some of those injuries that we uh, that we hinted at and a couple others. But first, I want to give a shout out to Christopher Austin out repping the sleeper in the bus T-shirt. 
looking damn good too. I can't quite tell where he's from based off of this. Um, I was going to say he's repping it wherever he is. I was going to give his address and his social, but he didn't include those. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I do think he's looking sharp, and the shirt looks good. And you guys can still get yours. And big news, second run coming. So if you missed your size and you're you're dying to get it, we're going to have a second run coming, right? Indeed, we're going to have a second run. I always appreciate when our listeners wear their finest clothes when they go out drinking. That's that nice. is, it's it's great. I wore my shirt yesterday to the draft, and then I wore it uh, out to dinner because I went from the draft straight to a dinner uh, because the draft ran a little late. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear my finest clothes. Like, and I'm so I went, uh, I went to Bonefish Grill, and, and one of the people at the table was like, hey, what's up with that shirt? Your name's on it. So I had to explain what was yeah. going on. You're damn and, right uh, it is. Yes. <laughs> so it was, uh, it's cool. And uh, I'm really happy we're doing a second run of the shirts, and that way some people can get the, the sizes they need. And uh, hopefully I can see somebody wearing one of those in the ballpark here as I start making my rounds around the league, uh, minor league parks. And uh, next major league game is going to be at Fenway at the end of the month. Next major league game for me will be one uh, at in Houston before before June. And then June, I'm going to Denver. I'll Hell be at yeah. the Rockies game, so that's going to be fun. Oh, that'll um, be cool. right, It better not be. We're going in June. I no. swear. They got the fire pits, dude. Go in the upper deck, and they got the fire pits up at uh, the very top right field. Uh, it's like a big singles club. So again, really good spot for you. Oh. And unless there's news I missed of late, but nope. there's there's fire pits up there, and really that's a nice place to stay warm. Justin, if you just jinxed my trip <laughs> to Colorado with your bullshit, <laughs> we're going to tangle. Okay, yeah, I'm going to lose, I, but I'm going to wear tangle. mine in Hawaii next month. Oh, my God. You're just bragging about all this great weather. I hate you. Let's talk about Josh Donaldson. <sighs> all right. Started off the season. We saw those lollipop throws. Definitely had to be scared if you have Josh Donaldson on any of your teams. He's going to the DL with a shoulder. Oh, he's already on the DL with a shoulder issue. Jason, let me start with you. Just, a, just an overall, how concerned are you about this long term? We know, we know my long-term stance on shoulder problems. Well, they yeah, suck. <laughs> you were nervous about Carpenter based on his, and, and that was something that had you staying away. And, of course, you know, Josh Donaldson getting older, and, and again, it looked so bad. It's shoulder inflammation. You know, it looks like they're trying to get him uh, you know, the rest that he needs to get him back on track so he's good to go. But it was very clear that uh, he wasn't right out there. Now, he was hitting a bit and and definitely taking his walks so his OPS w- was sharp still 808 you know that that's fine it's not obviously peaked Donaldson but with eight walks and and he had four extra base hits out of his 11 hits only hitting 239 but he, you know he was kind of compensating for it uh, and still putting up some decent offense, but they want to get him right. So they're going to go ahead and put him on the DL there. And they should. I mean, what, one of the things, it took a lot of restraint. I mentioned he went for twenty. He went for twenty five dollars in the uh, in the auction yesterday. Again, that's with inflation. I didn't. I didn't even participate in that bid. Neither. I didn't do the same in in AL Tout Wars because that would have made him the fifth player on my team on the disabled list in that league. Um, Nat's going so well. When your two highest players, well, I lose Bogarts to Shields. Morales, uh, then Mikey Maddox goes down. I've got like five guys from my well, opening day roster that are already incapacitated either by a demotion or injury. And Bogarts was absolutely dominating. That's that's the that's the frustrating part there. Yep. Justin, when we're looking at replacements, I've got three names here: Todd Frazier, Luis Valbuena, and J.P. Crawford that are likely to be available across a lot of leagues. Uh, any of those three names stand out to you as as the one that you'd be zeroing in on? 
I think I'd be zeroing in on Frazier. Guaranteed yeah, playing time. He's got power. Uh, the Mets are hot. Like It feels right. weird to they're say. Playing, <laughs> yeah. They're playing badass baseball. It's crazy. Like I've been watching a decent number of, of Mets games, and I'm just like, Okay, Mets. I see. When's the hammer gonna fall, though? We all know. We all know it's coming. It, it, well, it's even gonna be health, though, too. That's the worst part. Is they just start? They'll start piling up injuries like your uh, tout team. I mean, they just and, have to. And, they have to enjoy it and, and take the run. But you, we, everybody knows it's coming at some point. And then once it's there, it's gonna be like, oh boy. I mean, yeah. The other, the other piece of this is JP Crawford too. You brought up his name. He's got a home run in two of the last three games. He scored four runs. He's driven four. Uh, now he's playing absolute direct teams right now in Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, but he's getting playing time and he's hitting right now. Yeah, the he, overall he, numbers don't show it this year, but of late he's starting to show signs. And Valbuena's playing uh, regularly, and he's got some punch as well. And obviously that's what you're really looking to replace with, with uh, Donaldson. That's why, and and because Crawford was playing well, that's why I included him, even though his profile is a little bit different than the other two guys. Um, Thinking about Valbuena, just, doesn't Valbuena lose playing time now that Kinsler's back? That 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 was my concern. Yep. Was was that is there going to be a crunch, and is he going to be the one feeling it? And and he probably should, right? Luis Valbuena's no stud, but he does. The one advantage that he has is he's a lefty, and they don't have a lot of lefties. So if they want to get a lefty bat in there, an extra one with with Cole Calhoun, um, and when Otani's not when he's pitching or around the days that he is pitching and he's not in the lineup. That's their only way to get a second lefty bat in there right now is Luis Valbuena. Mm-hmm. I, although I will say Pujols looking a little bit spry there. That's certainly cramping uh, Valbuena's style. And, of course, as you all mentioned, with Kinsler coming back, Cozart goes back to third, and that does cut off some of Valbuena's playing time. So uh, we got that there. One last guy uh, that I did want to bring up that's probably more available in shallower leagues is Evan Longoria. And, I, I, you know, it sounds crazy, but – ESPN 10-teamers, 65%. So that's still a decent amount of availability there. Uh, would he be your top guy in shallow leagues, Jason, Evan Longoria, to replace a, a, a Josh Donaldson? Mm. No, I think I'd rather have Frazier right now. Okay, I think I would too. Justin, what about you between Longo and Frazier? As much as I would love to see Longoria snap out of this for my Giants' uh, sake, I I don't necessarily have a ton of faith. Hey, in you weren't him right psyched now. when uh, you weren't psyched with the Longo Kutch Homer combo yesterday. Oh, I was totally psyched that didn't okay. win them the game. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, that, that didn't win them the game nor push either guy up over two hundred with their. <laughs> Yeah, I think they both had multi-hit games too, and it's like, okay, well, you still got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, he's got a Longoria's got a career high swinging strike rate, swinging outside the zone more than he ever has in his career. Uh, contact rate is by far the lowest of his career. Like, there's nothing here right now that makes you comfortable. That uh, I mean, things are going to get better, but sure. like, how much better is the worry? Yeah, and that's that's why I'm going with Frazier as well. I agree with with everything that we're saying here. Let's move on to Jonathan Scope, to the DL with an oblique. You guys know how I feel about obliques, probably similar to the way uh, Jason feels about shoulders. They just scare me. I mentioned how scared I was of one of my favorites, Aaron Hicks. He comes back, of course, hits two homers in his first game, like oblique this. But it's not about what he's going to do when he's healthy. It's about how many games I'm actually going to get from Aaron Hicks. So I'm, you know, still, I still got him on rosters. I'm going to put him in. I'm going to try to uh, you know, will 
a a 140 game season into existence, but uh, fighting fighting against the the seemingly inevitable, given that he's a 28 year old with just 123 games as a career high. Uh, Jonathan Scope, on the other hand, has always been a healthy guy. In fact, buck uh, 62, I think, each of the last two years. Well, there goes that, and it really drives home the adage that that we say a lot. It sounds trite, but it, it plays. You're healthy till you're not. Right, and he didn't play 162 last year. It was 162 and then 160. But you know that's huge. Anybody that plays a buck 55 or more these days is is an Ironman for sure. And Scope was was you know a guy that you felt like you could rely on for about 640 plate appearances. That's going to cut into that. Justin, with an oblique injury for Jonathan Scope, how concerned are you for his long term outlook? I mean, I'm always concerned with the oblique injuries. You know, we we thought the Kristen Yelich one was going to be kind of an easy one for him to come back to. News comes out this morning that he's not going to be activated today. Uh, He may need a a little bit more time. Uh, They're just really easy to re-injure. And, you know, a guy who relies on kind of that that power swing, just it it scares me with with scope. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty worried. Wait, wait! A player didn't come back at the, on the time mm-hmm. frame that was initially I, announced. Jason, God, I, I am so far away, this, dude. I understand. So like, I don't know if we, maybe we can have a separate pod to help you deal with your grief and surprise over this because I just, I, I, I've, I've never heard you. You know, you're always on those timetables saying, "Hey, they said two weeks. I'm banking two weeks. I'm putting all my eggs in that basket." And I think I'm you got burnt on this one, dude. Yeah, you got burnt. I, I always, I always think these guys are going to come back a week earlier. I just think they're being too pessimistic <laughs> because so many guys are. You know, they say they're going to be out there four weeks, and they come back in like three weeks J- after they originally said they were going to come back. Jason's got his own solo pod where he takes the timetables and just bumps them all up. Okay, guys, I got this injury here. It's looking like a six to eight weeks. I'm calling it five weeks on Elvis Andrews. He's tough. I've seen him play. He's going to get back out there. Go ahead. Go scoop him up in all your leagues. Pay top dollar. Don't worry about it. Maybe four weeks. He just goes through the list and bumps everybody up. Don't you already have uh, Nathan Eovaldi coming back at the All-Star break from Tommy John? He's pitching tomorrow, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason, let's talk about some replacements here for a Jonathan Scope. You got Jed Lowry, Joe Panic, Ben Zobrist, all playing well. We actually talked about Ben Zobrist last time out, um, replacing, I forget what, oh yeah, the internal option for Anthony Rizzo. He continues to hit, so I figured bring him up again, let you uh, talk about him a little bit. Of those three, Lowry, Panic, Zobrist, who would you be zeroing in on as a scope replacement? I'd ride the hot hand and take Zobrist. I mean, I know Panic, Panic had that front-loaded nice start to the season, and but He's I'm going to still get hits. But no, yeah, but you look at Zobrist. I mean, over the past over the past week here, I mean, he started off. Zobrist started off one for twenty, and here against Cincy, and now I'm looking at the wrong guy again. Never mind. I take that back. But still, I'll still go with Zobrist. Um, our, our site didn't update my search. I'm looking at it again with uh, J.P. Crawford's numbers there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're still but, good no, with him, though, because he's still doing really well, uh, right. Zobrist. So the numbers the numbers are coming up for him. And he's uh, – yesterday – by the way, did anybody listen or watch that game yesterday, the comeback? Oh, yeah. I was watching uh, – I, I was listening in the car. It was insane. <laughs> it was. And I just kept – you know, I had it on the second screen doing work. And I was like, oh, my, oh, my, oh, oh, God. And then, you know, you, you get to that point in your game, whatever game you're watching, and it looks like a comeback where you're just saying, okay, let's put this on hold here, this work, and let's zero in on this game. And it was nuts. That whole game was nuts, just having it on all day. 
with the wind swirling in, in Wrigley, uh, you know, sideways rain. It was absolutely bananas. Guys making dives, trying to sell out for crazy stuff, and the ball knuckling around. And then yeah. that, what was a nine-run inning for the Cubs that fosters a comeback there. They were down 10-2. They win 14-10. That was that was a tough one for the uh, for the Braves, who are playing pretty well. So yeah. uh, if you like Zobrist, Justin, between Panic and Lowry, um, who would you zero in on? And then do you like Zobrist better than them? Two questions there. Ooh. Oh god! I mean, I hate both these guys. So, like, uh, this is a, this is a difficult difficult one for me. Uh, I'll take Panic because even though he, he's not going to hit for the power we've seen so far, he's going to hit for more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, he's going to hit for average. Like he's, you know, you you can bank that at those, you know, those hits into your batting average or or on your in your on base percentage leagues. Even since the home run, so since uh, the beginning of this month. Doesn't include the first two of the, of the three home runs he's hit. He's hitting 300, 391, 425. Yeah, still collecting hits. And if you got Jonathan Scope, you did kind of pick in some batting average quality there, right? Maybe not the, a repeat of the 293, but if you look, you're probably figuring that you were paying for like a 275, 280 average, which is it, 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 that's still a plus average. So you you are giving back the power of a scope, but I, I agree. I, I think that uh, Lowry's good. The tough part, or excuse me, panic. You said panic. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I do like Lowry, and with Lowry and Zobrist, I wonder if like you talk about riding the hot hand, like go with one of them because they're healthy right now. And maybe you know, I'm, I'm like thinking maybe I just want to use one of them because they're both upright and and hitting well. And panic's probably most likely to stay healthy. But between panic and Zobrist, do you do you lean with Jason or do you do you put panic over Zobrist, Justin? I think I lean panic just because I trust the playing time long term. So if for some reason the scope injury does linger for a while, you know that a month from now panic is still going to not only be in the lineup but uh, every day, but Hi. leading off. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. yeah, first or second in that Giants lineup, which isn't great, but uh, I mean he he scoring hey, runs and getting average. Yeah, uh, yeah, I want. Even on the, even on the mediocre to bad teams, I want guys batting at the top of the lineup. So I, I can totally see that. I've always been a Joe Panic guy. I like all three of these. All right, if you, if you have if you lost scope and you have one of these options, I think you're okay. It's not a bad replacement. That is for more of the uh, uh, mid to shallower leagues. Throwing a dart uh, between say J- J- this for um, Jason between Cattell Marte and Dixon Machado. If you're throwing a dart in a deep league, which one are you going for there as your scope replacement? Oh. Understanding that they do diff- – both of them are more of like speed batting average types. So you, you're not replacing exactly what you lost, but when you're in a deeper league, you might not have you know the tailor-made option. It sounds kind of trivial, but give me Marte because at least he plays in a place where their games aren't getting canceled every other day because of hey, the damn weather. Up. God bless it. Every time you turn around, Detroit game canceled. canceled. It's so frustrating. And listen, I know we're going to be bad this year. I don't care. I want to watch the Tigers. I I slave through the stupid winter, freezing and and hating every moment of the winter for for baseball season to come. And I want to saddle in, watch the Tigers for three hours, and then start bouncing around all the other games. And you're right, man. The games are canceled at an alarming rate. Game one of the doubleheader, because yesterday's game was canceled, is already canceled. So uh, what this means, though, 
is your boy's going to have a lot of double headers to watch in the summer. So I guess I got something to look forward to because, or it's going to be worse. And the Tigers going to end up playing like 154 games because they're like, let them, you don't need to make up that game against the Tigers. Who cares? Uh, unless, unless the Yankees need these games. So it, it has been really frustrating though. And it's not just Detroit. It's pretty much anywhere they go seemingly, but a lot of it has been Detroit, a lot of bad weather in the Midwest this, this year. I don't know if it's unseasonably cold or the fact that we just started earlier, but uh, there's been some wildness out there. The, the worst so, part is you're going to have to like play a doubleheader on Friday next week, and that's going to like having to watch them lose twice in a day is going to really ruin your weekend. <laughs> to open the weekend, exactly. No, that's a that's a great call, and that that will be very frustrating. I'm not I'm not really looking forward to that. Uh, let's talk about a couple pitchers. We'll talk about. Uh, Taiwan Walker first, then we'll mention the second guy, then we'll talk about pitching replacements. So Taiwan Walker leaves with forearm soreness, definitely scary. Uh, always, you know, not always, can definitely be a precursor to something more serious. There is no f- MRI scheduled on that, Jason. Now, uh, do you read that as a positive sign and that they just brought him out for precautionary and they're going to kind of let him rest? But how do you feel about Taiwan Walker leaving his start after I think like an inning and two thirds or, or two innings with forearm soreness? I don't feel good because we went from Lamette having forearm soreness to having Tommy John surgery in a month timeline. Yeah, he's our he's our next one on the list. Uh, right, and, we'll be talking and then about we've him got Nate Carnes still trying to get through his, and Carnes says he feels like fluid on his elbow. Yeah, awesome. Right. Thanks. Uh, no, I, I I'm not very I'm not very optimistic about this ending up uh, ending up on the good side of the story. Yeah, it's 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 scary. And Taiwan Walker is a guy I really like, and I'm still looking forward to so, some improvement from. I definitely think there's another level there, but we haven't seen it. And the results, you know, we haven't seen a velocity drop, which is rare, by the way, for for, for seemingly everybody else having a velocity drop. And the ERA has been solid, 3.46, but the WHIP's been high at 154, and the and the component numbers, the strikeout walk ratio has been ax- terrible it's been a seven percent strikeout minus walk rate he's a career 14 percent you, you want your guys you, even if they're kind of sputtering along early on you, you you're hoping for them to be around uh 12 13 percent and then kind of work from there justin taiwan walker on the forearm soreness does that have you uh long-term concern like it does for jason and myself i'm not really i mean okay. I, I think we overreact to these things uh you know, it's just one of those things you just got to keep an eye on it and see what happens. I mean, we just tend to forget all the times the guys have had forearm soreness and then ended up being back in a week. So, uh, obviously, That's true. Could we should a keep pro- a list. Yeah, I mean, right. it's just – it's, so, it's so much easier to remember your bad beats in poker than, the like, the hands that you won. You of just course. remember all the times you got screwed over. And the same thing goes for fantasy. Like, we don't remember, like, the guys that, hey – you know, came through and gave us a quality start, you know, 75% of the time. Like, we, we yeah, t- remember the days guy later. who destroyed us. Like, he missed one start with forearm tightness, came back, and he was himself. No, I, I feel you on that. That 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 kind of goes across everything. You guys know I play a lot of MLB The Show uh, when I'm streaming on Twitch. And, you know, people talk about everything that goes wrong for them in a game. And I'm like, okay, well, you didn't get any calls that game. You never had had the ball hit the base, bounce up in the air, and you got you got some favorability. It's like that start, sort of stuff evens out. But I wonder if Jeff Zimmerman has anything on injuries where where he could pull it, where it's forearm tightness, and then we would uh, we would see what the after result is, and how many guys get TJ, how many guys are out longer, how many guys come back. Maybe I'll ask him if he can do anything on that. That'd be interesting. Uh, we did talk about you mentioned Denelson Lamette going down with TJ. That's a bummer, man. I really wanted to see what he 
could do this year. I, I don't think I was as high on him as others. And I don't say that to like declare a W on his injury because I didn't have any injury. It wasn't injury. It was the two pitch and the fact that um, his career to this point was like that Junis start I was mentioning where he was either awesome or do- right. dominated by the opposition. It was either a, a double and, or a home run, um, you know, so extra base hit or strikeout. There's really nothing in between. Sprinkle in some walks, too. It was crazy how that went for Lamette. Uh, and like you said, he started off with forearm soreness. Boom, Tommy John now. If you're in a dynasty, Justin, is, is Denelson Lamette somebody uh, age 24 right now? So the next time you're really going to see him is is late age 25 season next year. Is he somebody you go out and, and try to get on the cheap? Or are you, are you just kind of fading that and waiting and seeing on Denelson Lamette? No, I'm I'm not. I I've always thought that his long-term future was in the bullpen and the only Two reason Yeah, and that's exactly right. And the only reason he was going to be starting this year and that reason he was fantasy viable was because uh the the Padres have nobody else. Like they they I, asked me to be in the rotation and I turned turned them down. They so. did. You turned them down and they said, "Okay, we'll go to Joey Lucchesi. Mm-hmm. Let's go to let's go to Joey." In fact, He's part of the replacements because obviously this clears a runway for Lucchesi. He's been pitching very well. Uh, Nick Pavetta, Ian Kennedy, Tyler Skaggs, Tanner Roark, Joey Lucchesi. Jason, eliminate one that you definitely don't want. Uh, I'm still focused on what I declined for Lamette. Here's two trade offers. That funny, that's funny how one of them worked out. So one of them, somebody offered me Brian Anderson and Sean Rodriguez for Lamette, and I said no. The same guy offered me Travis Darno for Lament. That would have been I, you know, that would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been comical. Yeah, that would have been too too perfect. By the way, as stunned as you are about the timetable situation, I was I, I had fainted and had to have you know uh, fallen and I can't get up. Uh, my my little meta alert button pushed because I couldn't believe Travis Darno got hurt. You just see I a mean, guy I, with. I, that, this is where I wish we strong. could meta tag. This is where I wish we could tag our previous episodes and pull this up because I I specifically remember stating stating this would be the problem with Darno. No, I'm not buying in. Yes, he's going to get hurt again. And we all know it. No, there was no universe where I was buying it. I remember talking on the catcher episode, and I was like, "No, I'm good. Thanks. I, I, I'm sorry, but it's just with a catcher specifically. But anyway, uh, so." Okay, Nick Pavetta, Ian Kennedy, Tyler Skaggs, Tanner Roark, Joey Lucchesi, eliminate one. Jason, who would you not pick up at all? The the fake Italian name. Okay, Lucchesi. Justin, eliminate okay. one. Ooh, Ian Kennedy? Okay, so that leaves Pavetta, Skaggs, oh, and Roark. I disagree. Okay, we well talked about, you... so we were talking about Kennedy off. We were talking about Kennedy off air while your computer was updated. But I, I see the thing is, I like this group. I mean, and I didn't want to like copy you and say Lucchesi because that that's probably the answer. But I like Pavetta. I like Skaggs. I like Tanner Roark. Yeah, I, I like Pavetta yeah, I and Roark the most really there. Nice. Okay, for Kennedy, talk to us about Kennedy then, Jason. You're, you're backing him. I'll give you some numbers real quick, and then you go ahead and go. Seventeen percent strikeout minus walk ratio, looking good. Really cut the walks. Strikeouts are where they kind of always are, right around eight. In fact, it's eight on the dot right now, twenty-two percent. Um, keeping the ball in the yard so far, it's only three starts, eighteen innings, but half a homer per nine, which is definitely uh, something nice for Kennedy. But I, I feel like anytime you see a nice little homer-free run. You're just setting up for the for the homers down the line. Like he just is somebody that allows homers. It's just part of Ian Kennedy's game. But um, you know, is he an all formats guy for you right now, Jason? 
Ian Kennedy? I have a bid on him in a 15-team. Uh, we're 15-team in the Invitational, right, Justin? Or is it mm-hmm. 12? Yeah, 15. All right, so I have a bid in, uh, I have a bid in on him. But he's getting – when I looked, I, I put him in because he's getting the swings and misses. Like I'm looking at Kennedy and looking for guys with similar pitch totals. He's got as many swings and misses as Luke Weaver with a very, very similar pitch total. And everybody's all gaga about Luke Weaver. And I, maybe I was a little wrong. Uh, on what you know, he's at this high strikeout rate despite a low swing and miss rate. No, I'm still suspect on that. By the way, Luke Weaver's strikeout swinging strike rate has actually dropped, and he's still toting like a 25, 26 percent strikeout it, it, rate. It slays me. But like, so Kennedy's got more swinging strikes than Mike Fultonevich, who people like. Uh, just when I see his numbers, I'm surprised to see where he is on that. And and when I watched one of his starts the other day, and it was it was surprisingly good. Uh, for me, so that's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a little run and see what can happen. But I'm not chasing him down, but it, okay. it's not that Ian Kennedy, like, out of the draft, I'm like, maybe two bucks. I really don't want much to do with him, but he's he's getting some results here early on. Justin, you got Pavetta, Skaggs, Roark. You mentioned, like, all three. Who's your favorite? I think Skaggs is my favorite. Okay, mm-hmm. talk to us about Tyler Skaggs. Uh, I, I love the, the, the fact he hasn't lost any uh, velocity. I uh, love no. that when everybody else is losing velocity, getting more swings and misses outside of the zone. Swing and strike rate is up uh, 5.5% from previous yeah, seasons. Yeah, career high, 13%. So, I mean, I just, you know, the left being left-handed may minimize the, uh, the, the carving of the wall that they did out in right field yeah. uh, a little bit uh, for Otani, so... Uh, and I mean, it's a it's a rotation in a little bit of disarray. They've got guys coming back from injury. They lost a couple guys to injury, so I feel like he's going to stick in the rotation no matter what. Uh, I don't think the same can necessarily be said for Lucchese or Pavetta. Um, so I really like Skaggs, and I've always I've always been in on Skaggs, and he just always continues to disappoint me. Uh, yeah, with the I, health, right? I mean, it's just always. Mm-hmm. Seemingly the hell. I, I like Skaggs too. Uh, I will. I will take up for Pavetta here. Um, I also like Roark, by the way. Just kind of a steady. You know, not a lot of upside necessarily compared to these guys. Like, well, actually, I'll take that back. I think he does have upside. He has two sub three ERA seasons. And granted, the skills didn't one hundred percent match from a strikeout to walk standpoint, but more of a contact management. So he, I, I do think Roark has some upside. But I want to talk Pavetta. Um, Combining some of the swing and miss that we saw last year, a- amplifying that actually, uh, cuts the has cut the walks nicely and hasn't allowed a homer. Homers were a big issue for him. In 133 innings last year, Nick Pavetta allowed 1.7 homers per nine, and that's why despite a solid 14% strikeout minus walk rate, he was at a 602 ERA because he was also allowing over a hit per, per inning as well. And so you mix that with the homers, you're talking about a lot of multi or non-solo homers, I should say. So, uh, But I like what he's been doing so far. you know. And for all the hubbub about Gabe Kapler's first weekend, and listen, he made some major flubs, primarily the Hobie Milner thing where he brought in a guy who was not warmed up. But despite all that, you know, they're on a win five. They're eight and five right now uh, with a – you know, decent run differential on a par with with a lot of the other top teams there, and so you're not hearing so much about Gabe Kapler being the worst out there. But I like Pavetta; I think he's definitely one to get. I think I would rank them: Roark, Pavetta, Skaggs, Kennedy. I think I'm with you guys on Lucchese. Let's talk a little bit about him quickly because he is somebody that continues to do well. Uh, first off, before I give some numbers, have, has either of you watched him? No, Justin, have you? Uh, I watched like half a start. 
Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll go to you after this. Let me give some numbers real quick because the numbers are good. 19% strikeout minus walk ratio is strong. 13% swinging strike rate over a strikeout per inning. Um, you know, hits are down, homers are down. It's all working brilliantly right now with a 172 ERA and a 102 whip and a 262 FIP to kind of back what he's doing. He gets uh, the Giants at home today, too, and I'm sure he probably, you know, has a good chance to add positively to those numbers. How dare you? But he throws 90. He's fastball changeup. He throws a curveball 5% of the time. Uh, apparently, he's a lot of deception. I honestly have not sat down and watched him. I've seen, you know, pitches, you know, literally pitches here, pitches there. Nothing that I feel comfortable really commenting on. What have you seen in the limited action that you've seen, though, Justin, that, that has you eliminating him pretty easily? And all three of us seem to agree on that. It, it is kind of a funky delivery that helps him kind of hide the ball. Uh, and I think it is more smoke and mirrors than actual substance. Uh, the two pitches, because, I mean, he really doesn't throw the curveball. I mean, he, no. like you said, he's throwing it five, 5% of the time. So, uh, And the the fastball isn't good. So, no, it's 90 miles per hour. It's just... And it comes from the left-hand side. So, I mean, that helps a little bit, but True. It's, it's, got, it's got a zero pitch value. Like I mean, it's it's not good, um, and I think this is just a young guy who hasn't been seen by the league. And at you know, as he starts seeing teams a second and third time, he's going to get blown up. Uh, Jason, I'm going to put this in the uh, show notes as well. But you you pulled up an Eric Logan hanging piece from the 29th and Instagraphs, which said what to expect from pa- Padres Joey Lucchesi, mm-hmm. and you know he doesn't have a, a, a super you know favorable outlook that says go get this guy it's more of like a a major a steady major leaguer that doesn't necessarily translate into great you know fantasy value basically a number four he said he was a a fringe consideration honorable mention for the top 100 though Um, and he does have a 50 future value but based on what we've seen here does this go down in a heap uh obviously the 172 era won't last but are we talking about like several five plus earned run blitzings here or do you think it more stabilizes of a bunch of like five inning four runs six inning four runs you know uh five inning five runs like is it a bunch of that or are we talking about like two inning five run multiple times sort of deal with Lucchesi for you is that is that it feels sure? it feels like a transitional thing i mean when you when you read through what he has to say it, it what you guys had said that it's it's just there nothing really stands out except for his pickoff move and how he can control the running game so that's always a nice factor if he's going to put guys on base he can anchor him the first base with his move so good on that but you know, I just don't. When you read through this, this seems like a very average thing. And again, I haven't seen him pitch, but nothing off this jumps. I'd like to see at least one quality pitch, and everything's right about there. Number four starter. You know, in an NL league, I'm not writing him off, but in the mixed league, 12, no, 15. I, I think I've, I feel like I've missed the boat on the good stuff. And now you're gonna get. Now you're gonna get what you expected of him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like with the three great starts already banked, and and the one today that you probably can't act on. Um, you know, e- even if we post this like immediately when we're done, it'll be tough to to go pick him up. I will watch Lucchese today. I'll, I'll I'll commit to watching some of it to have an idea. Maybe put him in a spore report. See what I can it's find. Probably the one game that's going to get played today with the weather, right? <laughs> with everything else, uh, get get getting trounced here. That that 
San Diego. Maybe maybe a monsoon will hit San Diego and really mess up the, the schedule. Hopefully not. We need some games today. Uh, okay, so that's what we're looking with the the Walker and Lamette injuries. There's a couple decent replacements out there. Or you could go with Alex Cobb. He was activated and obliterated. Jason, you have the most experience with Alex Cobb. Haven't been. Um, you know, with the Rays for so many years, you watched him a lot. The one thing that you kept honing in on last year was that the 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 splitter, the split change, the thing as he calls it, was not there. So even at times when he was having success, uh, I remember you advocating like to be careful and maybe don't 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 dive in head first here. This is at risk. And his strikeout rate showed it. It never came back. He had a seven percent swinging strike, seventeen percent strikeout rate. So despite the three sixty six ERA and one twenty two WHIP, which was solid, it always felt like it wasn't on stable ground. Not surprised that he got blitzed in his first game. You know, with no real spring training to speak of. But on a long term situation. This is a guy, Alex Cobb, that I've always liked, but without the great pitch, the one great pitch that he had and going to Baltimore, I don't like this in the long-term situation. Did, do you see any hope here that has you looking to, to scoop him? Uh, I need to see the game before I judge uh, okay. on this, but it really comes down to he had zero strikeouts. I just looked at the box score yesterday when we got in the car to go home, and I, I'm trying to look up right now. I want to see what the pitch looked like if he's not throwing it. It's not worth trying to squeeze uh, water out of that rock. It's just not going to be there because without that pitch, it, it's just not a good situation for him. And when I'm looking, uh, I'm kind of looking at his rolling velocity. That's uh, exit velocity. He did uh, throw twenty percent. Cobb did throw his change up twenty percent, which it only threw at fourteen percent last year. So maybe there's a, a little bit more trust. Although in such a small sample, that could be like the difference of a pitch or two. Yeah, I'd like to see. I, I need to go. Brooks baseball is not functioning right now. I want to see how often he threw it. Did it generate any swings and misses? But the fact he had zero strikeouts tells me it didn't. <laughs> and he had a three points. He had a three percent swinging strike rate. So Cobb not good in his first outing. Justin, was he someone you were looking at in deeper leagues at all for a rebound, or, or was Alex Cobb a stay away for you altogether? Yeah, I, I was completely staying away. I mean, if going to Camden Yards, I mean, he he's pitched in the N or the AL East for a long time, but he he leaves the best park and goes to one of the worst parks. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like the situation at all. Like you said, he's he's he, we haven't seen the elite pitch from him that made him so special uh and without it he's kind of mediocre he, he threw it 16 times yesterday and got zero swings and misses Ooh. that's awesome. that's a giant red flag didn't I mean, even that, get the like i guess he had like two or three swings and misses based on the, the 11 swings he had 11 swings on 16 change-ups not one of them was missed um 11 all 11 were put into play five of them with no outs oh my Okay, that, well, that's, that, that, that's it, not good. Let me say this, though. Before we say, you know, we say all that and we were off. We're, we don't want to go full confirmation bias since we were all off of Cobb. And I'm sure a lot of people listening were, too. Although I did draft him for $3 and tout. <laughs> so, you know, and AL only $3 for a guy who is going to get chances, right? He's going to be able to pitch if he's upright and, and healthy. Let's not throw him out completely. It was a disastrous first start. We're not scooping him anywhere, though. Keeping an eye on Alex Cobb in super deep leagues. I grant, if you're in an AL, you might already have to scoop him just because he's a, a a guy in a rotation right now. But if you're in a mixed league, I don't think there's a mixed league out there shy nope. of uh, what 20 teams, 18, 18 teams that uh, anything shy of that that Cobb should be on. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Sean Newcomb. 
has been putting together some solid starts. He was great in Colorado, like legitimately great. And then solid at the Cubs uh, in his last two outings here. He did bring the walks back against the Cubs. Uh, probably not surprising that he was pitching in that in that crazy game yesterday. He didn't give up the the, the comeback at all. It was all the bullpen. Uh, but I wasn't surprised to see him kind of struggling with the uh, command and control as as he's wont to do. But after six shutout, uh, five hits, no walks, nine strikeouts in Colorado, and then two runs or excuse me, three runs, two of them earned, six hits, four walks, seven strikeouts, and five and a third at the Cubs. We've seen, you know, solid three starts overall from Sean Newcomb. Justin, what's your outlook on Sean Newcomb? Obviously, the walks are an issue, but the strikeout upside is nice. Prospect of of substantial, you know, uh, pedigree here. Is he somebody that you're buying in on for through these first three starts? No, I'm I'm selling. I I worry about the the control. I worry about the fact that his third pitch is just so awful and. In spite of the fa- that fact, he's actually throwing it more this season, um, which is not a good thing for me. I, I, I don't want to see him throwing that change up 18% of the time. So, uh, yeah, I just, I'm not super interested in Newcomb. The only thing that's nice is, again, being lefty in that park, he's going to minimize a little bit of the short porch uh, issues. He's, he's a guy for, who can get a lot of strikeouts. That's great. But he's yeah, also a guy who can blow up your ratios. So, uh, head-to-head points league, you know, there that's a, a nice spot for him. But in your roto leagues, I don't really want him. Jason, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you had a positive outlook on Sean Newcomb coming in. No, I did like him. I did like him as an NL chase uh, to begin okay. the season. I thought the strikeouts would be there, and yeah, you know, this year he's had. Three starts, four walks, zero walks, four walks. So let's let's find a happy medium there. But he is somebody because of the strikeouts. I wanted to take a late flyer on in leagues and watching him pitch. Watched him pitch a couple of times down the stretch. I've only seen I only saw him pitch the the one game this year, uh, this first one, and that was his worst of the three starts. So uh, I have a little biased opinion of him uh, at the moment. But the strikeouts keep piling up for him right now. Yeah, twenty two really strikeouts in fifteen innings. They, they they really do for Sean Newcomb. So, you know, he's definitely going to be one of those guys that I don't think it's all going to come together this year. Like, like you're, you you drafted him hoping for that, and, and there is still that that potential. It's the small probability outcome. You didn't draft him thinking, well, I'm going to get Sean Newcomb, and I'm going to get this breakout year guaranteed. But but you're hoping to see some gains there. And there there's some things in the bad – or excuse me, in the uh, plate discipline profile that uh, so far there, there's a one good, one bad. The first pitch strike rate's up a little bit, and that helps with with the walks. But like you said, they've been kind of up and down with the walks, like literally, you know, lots of walks or no walks. But then fewer chases, and it's it's minimal. We're talking thirty one percent to twenty seven percent. That can kind of flip on a dime. If we can see that first pitch strike rate continue to escalate a little bit for Newcomb, I think that that's something that you keep an eye on. If you're trying to hone in on maybe one or two metrics, uh, that would be one that I would continue to look at and say if that's holding above 60 or advancing of course then i'm going to feel more confident in newcomb 10 team mixed is he a streamer for you justin yeah in in good matchups you know he's gonna Double get home yeah he's gonna get to play the marlins he's gonna yeah. you know get the mets you know when the mets cool down no, uh, no, they're not going to lose more than six games this year. Six. Okay. 100, 152 and 12. Yeah. 10. 152 yeah. and 10. 
No, no, I, I actually, yeah, you're right, you're right. Six was silly. That was dumb. Uh, ten losses, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Max. So, I mean, there'll be opportunities to use him, and uh, I, w- I would stream him in those opportunities or, or use him as a DFS play. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you had him this season, you didn't play him against the Rockies. That's the bummer is you did not get his best start in most situations. Like there are some leagues out there, uh, you know, where you can't make those moves. Um, you know, so if you have a guy, he's on your roster no matter what, unless he gets hurt or something. So, you know, those folks got lucky really because you wouldn't have wanted to use Sean Newcomb there. But that's a great point when we're talking about something like that is that a large swath of the people that even have him on their team didn't even get that brilliant start from Newcomb. By the the way, he gets those Mets this week on Thursday, so we'll see how he does. Uh, I want to talk about a couple hitters here. AJ Pollock is beasting, and I kind of started to realize late in draft season that that I had probably shaded him a little bit too much. Uh, he was somebody I just really wasn't looking at. I remember we talked about um, we talked about Pollock and the and the big outfielder episode that we did, Justin, and I was just like, eh, I don't know. I think he's going to get hurt again, and he 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 may well, but. A lot of guys that I like have the high probability of getting hurt. I'm an Aaron Hicks fanboy, so who am I to hold potential injury against somebody? So I think I was missing the mark here. And I'm not saying it just because he's performed well, but it was more so because I was even looking back at his last season. And I was like, well, you did go 14 and 20 homers and steals in 112 games. And so, you know, I, I didn't give him enough love. And by the time I finally realized, I had like one draft left and I didn't get him. So, you know, he's off to a great start. Three homers, four steals, 1,009 OPS. Jason, was AJ Pollock somebody you were looking at coming into the year? Uh, and regardless of that, what is your outlook on him now, 14 games in, as he's uh, looking like peak Pollock right now? Yeah, I mean, I I liked him coming into it because I really loved him coming into the draft season last year. I would line him up a lot with where I was with Xander Bogarts. I I thought Xander Bogarts was a top fifty player last year, and yes, the the fastball from Jake Faria off his hand really derailed the season as he tried to play through that injury. Big but that's why I stupid injury this year. Freight. That's why I paid full freight for – I went after Bogarts heavily and have him in every league I possibly could and, and went 23 in Tout Wars because I fully believed he was going to come back, and he has. And same thing with Pollock here. I, I don't know if I ended up with a share of him anywhere because I in the drafts that I did, people were, were chasing him just like he was uh, just where they were this time last year. I think the only thing that's a little different so far, it's early, but he's not making the same type of contact. I mean, his strikeout rate's 24%, and he's typically been a mid, mid-teens guy. But if he's selling out uh, contact for power, like just about every other hitter in the he's league right now. Smacking uh, the ball. You know, who cares? beating the piss out of the ball right now. He has a 5% soft contact rate. Obviously, that will uh, balance out a little bit. Nobody's going to have a 5% for the whole year. But he is smacking it. So you're right. It's like, yo, if you're getting in some deeper counts, looking for something to do damage on, and it's it's resulting in a few more strikeouts, everyone is happy with like, that. That's a fine trade-off because 24% is not the end of the world, um, You know, especially in the era that we're in right now. Anything under 25% is all right. Justin, AJ Pollock for you, uh, was he somebody that, that, that you got got some shares of or, or where you at with, with Pollock? Uh, I have zero shares. I was very down on Pollock coming into the year. Uh, it's hard Good because – Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm just kidding. He's looking pretty good. I mean, obviously <laughs> I he's getting uh, you know a little bit of luck uh, in terms of uh, balls on, uh, in play. But for like sure. you said, 47, or 44.7% hard contact percentage. 
that just, just murdering. And he's pulling the ball. I mean, he's just he's just absolutely he's he's waiting on you know pitches either over the plate or a little bit inside, and he's just pulling the crap out of it. Uh, I mean, there's obviously regression coming, and and the bottom line is health. Can he stay on the field? Yes. Because this is a guy who has not been able to play 115 games since 2015. So uh, I I have a hard time believing it, and I wasn't willing to buy in uh, at the because it wasn't like the you got a discount. You no, were no, paying no. full freight. To Jason's point. Yep, it was full freight, and um, I understand. You know, if pe- people saw the 14 and 20 in 112 games, and they're saying, "Yeah, I'm betting on injury risk." But I, I like the skills, and I'll take the injury risk. They were betting full freight. You guys are right. Uh, we'll start with Jason on these. We'll do a couple uh, either ors between Pollock, Pollock, or Benintendi, Jason, for the rest of the season. Mm, Pollock, Justin, Benintendi, wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know why I have it out for Ben. I just thought he was so overdrafted. He, I don't he know. was, uh, and but like at the end of the day, who's who? Who do you believe is going to get to six hundred plate appearances? I don't know that I should necessarily, based on Jeff Zimmerman's studies. I don't know that, that, that there's a reason to believe that Benintendi is inherently more likely to do that because Pollock's injuries haven't necessarily been chronic. It's not the same thing over. It's not you know a constant knee or a constant shoulder. He's like diving in the home, busting up. But things. I mean that 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 has to be taken into account too. It's just, you know it's the same thing with Harper. It's like it's not the same thing every time. But he always does something. Like there's a pattern to his behavior. He always yeah, does something, something that gets him hurt. So there has you to be get hurt. like and I you know I I love the talent. You know the talent is obviously awesome, but. He always does something, whether it's diving on his arm awkwardly at home plate or, you know, or running into a wall or, you know, A.J. Pollock does something that gets him hurt. And that in itself is a pattern. No, I I do think that's fair. The way he plays right down to the, um, you know, situation that we're talking about with the, 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 what was it? A shoulder on the, on the sliding in the home when he, when he hurt himself. Like, it was the elbow, I think, right? Oh, the elbow. Yeah. What are you doing that in spring training for, dog? Like, I get it though. I think these guys can't turn it off. They don't, they don't, they don't play, you know, half assed. And so there, there is that part of it. It's tough, but then you're just like, oh, what the heck? By the way, guys, I'm having a bit of a panic attack. You guys ever go to the website Pro Sports Transactions? No. No. Familiar with that it's a fantastic website, and um, it has really good injury data. And it says right now the site can't be reached, and I want to cry because that was like my injury source. I'm gonna have to talk to Zimmerman on that. I'm, I know he used it. Anyway, I was trying to look up all of Pollock's injuries. Uh, a couple more either ors. Jason, Andrew McCutcheon, or AJ Pollock. Pollock. Justin. I'm going McCutcheon. That's an Homer pick. Homer, <laughs> Homer, Homer as hell. Really, something stuck in my throat. Homer, Justin Gregory Polanco or AJ. Polanco. Oh, Polanco. That's not even close. Okay, Jason. Polanco on one leg. Yeah, Polanco with no, no, no face. Even if he lost his face, I don't know what that means or how that would happen. But even if he lost his face, I would take Gregory Polanco. We love Gregory Polanco on this show. Let's move over. Oh, you know what? This is a segue. Rest of the season, Jason. AJ Pollock or Mitch Hanniger? Oh, dude, it's still AJ Pollock. But man, I love Hanniger. Hanniger's been picking up some serious slack while Nelson Cruz has been out. 
let's talk. Yeah, and he and Cruz just came back, but uh, Hanniger's like, I got this, Nelson. You can take a few more days off if you want. Uh, he is he's smacking the ball too. He's actually got an MLB high fifteen ribs, uh, four. Four homers, thirteen, or excuse me, seven, seven runs scored. I thought that was his run scored. Uh, he's hitting three ten, four twenty three, six nineteen. You know, we saw Hanniger get out of the gate fast last year, having a big start to the season, and it was stunted by injury. He lost all of May to an injury that I don't know because my injury website is down, and never really got going again until the end of the season. Uh, I think labor, he was a little bleak, to be honest with you, because he was out. Of, he was out for a while. Not surprising. Not yeah, he missed like a month and a half, so that not surprising at all. And then labored, uh, really labored through the summer. Did not post higher than a 724 OPS in June, July, or August, including a 512 in July. But then finished brilliantly with seven homers and two steals in uh, in September and a 353, 374, 613 triple slash for Mitch Haniger. Justin, Mitch Haniger doing it again. Has had you know some fantasy buzz was was a big buzzy piece when he got traded over to Seattle that like oh hey this is the guy to watch in this uh, big Cattell Marte Taiwan Walker deal are you buying back in or were you ever buying in but but what do you think about another fast start for Mitch Haniger is it something to buy into I think it is I mean I got him for a buck and head to head tout this year and uh, absolutely loving what I'm getting from him so far same amount as walks as he has strikeouts uh, for a fifteen point four percent clip. Uh, he has power. He he hasn't started running yet, and I'm almost okay with him not running because he was. Uh, How do you steal when you're, you're hitting homers? You yeah. can't steal home. You, when you, you already cross it home for free. And exactly, he wasn't like great at it last year. Anyways, he he stole five out of nine attempts. So, uh, you know, just just keep hitting bombs. At the Seattle lineup's pretty decent, especially with Nelson Cruz back and Ben Gamble coming back. Uh, it, it's all about health with him. It's the same thing that derailed his kind of prospect pedigree coming up correct in That's arizona why he was a late it's bloomer. it's a matter of can he stay on the field uh and so i prefer him in a little bit shallower league where i can have a little bit more replacement value but if he's still out there go grab him where is he my only concern is where is he going to get in the lineup when cruz comes back does he go up does he go down i mean he's had he's had half his R- rbis here in the over this weekend um, he would... on friday and saturday and now he's gonna is he gonna get pushed down the lineup again yeah, I think he would be like six because I, I, I think I agree roster with what Roster Resource, resource yeah. has. Gordon, Segura, Cano, Cruz, Seager, Hanniger. Because it allows him to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, all like, the way down. Yeah, all the way down, which, you know, if you got it without finagling things to the point of, you know, if you have to do lefty, righty, and it puts like Nelson Cruz seventh, you're doing it wrong. But this happens to work out pretty perfectly. Like maybe you could see Hanniger five, but it's Kyle Seager. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I think that this is the the formulation that they're the formula that we're, they're going to run out when uh, when everybody's healthy and Cruz, like I said, back I believe last night for the first game. By the way, his running was hilarious. Nelson Cruz at his full health is comical running, but it was like especially funny. Uh, yesterday, so hopefully he, he's all. You know, I don't. I don't want to see Cruz get any more hurt by running around out there. But Hanniger has been awesome, uh, and I, I've been impressed by it for sure. Let's do a couple more either ors here. I'll start with Justin on on this one. Uh, Eddie Rosario or Mitch Hanniger? Mm, I'm gonna go Hanniger. Jason, I'm not leaving my boy. I don't blame you, um, Justin. Here's one. Talking shallow league here, like a like a ten team situation. 
You hanging on to Ronald Acuna, who's who's I don't want to say he's struggling. First off, because I have not seen a single at bat of his in the minors, and secondly, because the minor league season's been going on for like five seconds. So I don't even want to say like it's a slow start because I think it's already still at the the sample size where one giant it's, it's game, thirty-six plate appearances. It's yeah, not like one giant game would completely flip his numbers. But right now he is 152, 222, 182. And what that does with Acuna with Preston Tucker also raking is gives Atlanta cover to keep mm-hmm. him to keep him down. So that's the only reason I'm asking here. If he was out the gate firing already and they were talking about bringing him up this week, I don't even think I would bring this one up because you got to go with Acuna's upside. But with all the context that we have right now in in a shower league, are you going to go Hanniger or Acuna? Hanniger. Jason? Same. I, I'm with you guys, and I'm uh, among those that was saying, hey, I get going for Acuna. I, I like it. I, I paid up for him big time in, in Tout Mixed, uh, thinking that when he gets up, he's going to be great. But, you know, it, it could be a little bit longer. We were saying it's gonna, it, he's going to be just – he's going to get Bryanted. It's going to be just a couple weeks, and then we'll have him. And Not yet. Not yet. Uh, last one, Justin. Let's say uh, – you know what? I'm going to shoot a little bit higher here. Since he's back, and everyone loves him, and I can't believe he's back already – uh, Jason Jason's uh, podcast where he, he bumps up all the timetables <laughs> did really well with this Michael Conforto one. He, you were out front on that one. Uh, <laughs> would you go with uh, Hanniger or Michael Conforto? Conforto. Jason? Mm, yeah, I'm going to go Conforto here. It's, it's close, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip yeah. on this one. It's tough, but I'm I, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. I I I, I think that that's it's such that's a nice looking swing. Plus, it's so you know, good. The power, the lefty, the lefty advantage. Yep, yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. But but we do like Hanniger here. I think we're all pro Hanniger. Um, if you are in a super shallow league where he is somehow still available, he's seventy eight percent at ESPN leagues. I kind of imagine a lot of that availability is. I would hope it's a dead league because I think intent he's got to be an all formats sort of guy. Uh, all right, starting with Jason as we close out. Did you have any any guys that you want to talk about? Maybe one guy. Uh, do I have anybody I want to talk about? Honestly, no. Uh, That's fine. That's fine. I, I really didn't have. I watched a couple of Sunday. Well, I take that back because we haven't talked. Last Sunday I was at the Astros game and I watched Tyson Ross pitch and I thought he looked good. I thought the problem was the line score is not going to show this because. Uh, they left him in too long. The kind, the first time through the order, just, it was one pop, infield pop up. Everything else on the ground just really was humming through that game. Second time through the order, started humming through, and then the contact started getting a little loud late. And there was a, a double, I think, by Reddick, or maybe a loud out. And then the third time Reddick came up, he hit something like 950 feet, just absolutely <laughs> crushed a homer. But the contact, they waited too long to get Ross out. But he was pitching yeah. really well. I'd say for the first. Uh, 15 to 18 batters, really, they should have had that bullpen going after his second time through the order. I know a lot of people give a crap about that kind of stuff, but you could just hear the the outs were getting louder. The ground balls were getting harder. You could see it happening. You can really and then, see it wham, so it got too late. Yeah, and it gets late fast. It really does. Is that is that a yogiism? It gets late <laughs> early. Yeah, like I want to die. I wanted Chris and I were uh, um, uh, Justin and I were talking about Chris Archer before you got on, um, and I got to dive into that only because he's he it 
can't get lefties out this year, and it's abnormal. He's never – I mean, when you're a two-pitch pitcher, you're going to have some splits a little bit. Sure. But he has just been god-awful against lefties this year and really was terrible against Philadelphia yesterday. And I know I've so had a lot bad. of people hit me up and like, hey, what should I do? And somebody offered me for beans. I'm like, go ahead, you know, take them and give up the beans for Chris Archer. It can't get any worse than this. Uh, this doesn't l- appear to be injury. To me, it appears to be trouble with the slider. And it, he yep. can't live off his own fastball. Uh, and it's just leaving way too much up in the zone. Inability to get lefties out, to your point, 556 OPS against righties, 1336 against lefties. Obviously, that that that's not saying there's a, some sort of major injury concern. It's get, get right against lefties, dude. You got to figure it out. You're getting your butt kicked against lefties. I agree. I would be out getting Archer shares and and commanding a discount, though. I'm not going to go in there and, and pay f- full freight. There's oh, no, no way, way I'm going to say, they, listen, you look at that number. You you tell me with a straight face that you think I should pull, pay full freight. You're out of your mind. So if I can get, get a sizable discount, you know, um, what would it be, like a fourth, fifth rounder in 15-team mix? If I can get right. something that's like more of an eighth round value and, and do that, something like, like that is what I, I, I'd start to look at. Um, Justin, any any people sticking out to you lately that you want to make sure we talk about here as we no, wrap up? No, I just want to make sure we talk about our bet and our matchup. We, what we what are we doing? We, what what are we doing here, man? I'm 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 open for stuff. Uh, Jason, do you have any ideas of what we could do for our our tout our tout mixed? I'd already say shave half your beard off, but Justin's done that, yeah, so yeah. Um, can't can't and leave that a, out there. What's a beard? What's a beard? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, true. That's true. Uh, I mean, bro, we could go beard for mustache, maybe, but maybe, I mean. yeah, maybe maybe Paul can grow half a porn stash. My my <laughs> dope stash is is on hiatus right now. Mm, It'll be shoot. back. It will it will be back. Don't. All worry. right. Well, we'll talk this time next year on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. To Twitter it. avatar, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That that's always easiest, and it's good. It's you know, especially for something like this, which is small. It's like a one week sort of deal. So. Um, we just do an overall, I, I guess. Um, yeah, obviously I have to put up Kyle Gibson. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I can do JD Martinez if you want. No, because people would think that you like JD Martinez. Mm-hmm. I would want it to be more of like a. It's got to be know, a bad I, player. You you think about it, and I'll, and you, you just you no no. It's Brandon Belt, obviously. Oh, done. great, awesome. Okay, because it's Longhorn <laughs> as well, so that 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 works for me. Repping him, and for some reason, you out there thinking that Kyle Gibson's good. So yeah, there we go. Um, what is it? Our overall? Yeah, overall. Okay, and so well, for wait, those who do don't understand, what we're talking about uh, we're Paul and I are playing each other in tout head to head this upcoming Correct. week, and I am going to absolutely destroy him. If we played this last uh, period, I would have beaten you. By about eh, eighty points or something like that. Yeah, that matters. That de- that definitely matters. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just pointing it out. You know, it, it's irrelevant. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sixty sixty two point lead right now. Currently, <sighs> would have been better if you had said sixty nine. Uh, all right, guys. Last thing, how's everybody's great fantasy baseball invitational team? Let's start with the guy who created this because it's been a lot of fun. I love that you did uh, it. Oh, sorry. Uh, hard stop right now. I I I gotta go. No, 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 no. I, I, I called Danielle. I said, you know, we need a few more minutes here. We got to talk about this. Where are you at? 126. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, there he is. I see him. There he is. You're, you're where? 126th, I believe. Okay. 
How many teams? 150 or 195 which is crazy because about three days ago i was in the top 25 that that's how that's how wild they can get uh what what what's been going on like what what's hitting for you what's what's struggling for you where where you at on everything i mean you know i took luis castillo as my ace that's been an issue who did you listen to on that? Uh, Where'd you come up with that though? Like it's stupid. I never even heard that guy getting talked up. Yeah, that that, that you know, I, I it was that Nick Pollock guy over at Pitchers List. Oh God, I hate He's that guy. The worst, Ugh. absolute Jeez. worst. Uh, just can't a, win with Tillman can't win with Pollock. No, I, I will say in in my league standings in League One, I have sixty nine overall points. Now that's perfect. You should actually be in first. It should automatically bump you up to the top. Um, I. I'm 20th. Look at me. And by the way, among the top 20, like everyone's first or second in their league for the most part. I'm the only one that I'm fourth. I'm in a tough league. Dang. Thanks. Thanks, Justin. Just yeah. Put me in a tough league. But that's all right. I'm 20th right now. Um, let's see. What's What's been going really well for me? I almost took Luis Castillo in the ultimate uh, fan graphs double up pick because I, I was on the wheel there and I almost took Ozzy Albies. And Luis Castillo at the same time when I was, uh, you know, quote unquote, overdrafting Ozzy Albies. Oh, yeah? Isn't that right? I took David Price instead. How's that working? Uh, pretty dang well. I know he didn't. It didn't go well last time out. But uh, so far, everything's doing doing pretty well for the, for the club. Chris Bryant, uh, Max Scherzer fell to me at like, what, what was I picking? I don't know if I was on the wheel. I was I was. I think, close. yeah, you were, you were 14th or 15th. Four, yeah, I think I was 14th. And he fell down there. That was... Amazing. So I went Bryant Scherzer to open up. Um, Yasmani Grandal has been awesome for me at catcher. Jonathan VR playing well. Yeah, I don't need to go over all of it. It's going well so far. Still a lot of work to do. I'm not trying to, you know, tout everything going crazy just because I'm 20th on April 15th. It matters zero. But, Jason, where are you at? I'm 28th. Hey, that's pretty good. I'm really glad I can bring this podcast average down. I'm, I'm yeah, third place. Uh, it's a point and a half out of second. Uh, the offense has gone really well because Matt Chapman's had a great start to the year. Jose Martinez has had a great start to the year. That was the overdrafted Jose Martinez, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, Billy Hamilton's finally began running. Uh, he went from zero to four steals this week, which was sweet. A blink. Uh, a blink. Yeah, <laughs> it was. He, I guess. I guess he got tired of me uh, teasing him on Twitter, saying, "Hey, dude." A pitcher and four catchers have stolen a base before you. Hurry up. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was crazy, though, because I was like, what, like what's going on? Because he's such a bad hitter. You really do start to freak out, and then, boom, he shows you why he's Billy Hamilton and, and why you don't freak out too much uh, just so quickly. So that was nice. And the pitching side, I need uh, the pitching side. Uh, I need Lance McCullers to uh, stop giving up runs, which would be helpful. I need uh, George Zimmerman off my roster, Julius Shasheen to start pitching well. But thank God uh, Chris Stratton and Max Scherzer and Trevor Bauer have pitched well, and that's really helped pitching. Uh, but Stratton. losing Lamette, losing Lamette, that sucks. Did you lament that loss? Okay, I'm going to go punch myself in the throat. Um, I, I wish I had heard somebody talk up this Chris Stratton guy because I watched him pitch. He's pretty decent, mm. but I didn't hear a single yeah, word no. about him. So I kind of discovered him on my own. I discovered him. This is why this podcaster is called the sleeper in the bus because Chris Tratton was his true sleeper because even we didn't talk about him. Yeah. No, 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 nobody. I wish someone had mentioned him. I just wanted to hear like word one, you know, just like one thing about, Hey, keep an eye on Chris Tratton, but no, none of it. I just want to credit myself because I have him in four leagues. 
because of my own research and it just <laughs> the, the worst part about gonna... it is the worst part about it is like I have him in no leagues because I talked well, him up so you... much everybody sniped him from me. Yeah, people welcome people to the big time, Justin. That's what happens. <laughs> yep, that you like that is that is a rite of passage as somebody that 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 is in the industry giving out their opinions. That that your your big guy that that you really like in late rounds goes like three four rounds earlier than you thought because they're like, well, any time now, Justin could take him. I might as well get him right now. And sometimes they don't even really care about the guy they're just like well justin didn't get him so this is hilarious so yeah that that is <laughs> or, or they try enough. to trade him you know to you for your you know your seventh round pick yeah exactly they're trying to hold, hold you over barrel You're like listen you i was touting him what it was all about the cost all about the cost right so all right guys let's go ahead and get out of here um jason what's the travel schedule looking like we're gonna be we're gonna be live next week I am home all week. Oh, really, really, really weird. Um, and then two weeks from now, it's the uh, I'll be at that Fenway uh, game to watch the Rays get obliterated by Boston. Um, so I will, uh, but I can do that night from the hotel. So okay. I'm good, good we, for the next couple of Sundays. We will have a guest soon uh, to, yep. to be joining us, a, a repeat guest, and it will be awesome. I won't say it, but um, no, I wish I had a good pun. No, I'm not going to say anything about it, but we'll have him soon. It'll be great. Guys, you think you'll have, have time to one? go watch his show before? Uh, before? <laughs> oh, you guys breaking up? <laughs> Charlotte, don't disconnect that. Oh, the show's over. Dang. You tripped over the wire again, Justin. Damn it. 